Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Tonight, we're going to start a new series for you guys. And uh, this is going to be about realistic creatives. I know, right? It's a really catchy title. Tonight, we're going to talk about who they are. Um, But before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? Well, so we are mid-September now, so we are creeping up very quickly. I say creeping very quickly. Wow, that was bad, wasn't it? (laughs) That's one of those things that, you know, if I had written that out, I would have edited it, but here we are. So (laughs) I am prepping for the release of Every Good Thing. So all of those last-minute publication details, um, just getting everything uploaded and where it needs to be and all that kind of stuff is happening. So super exciting. (laughs) So what about you? Tell us about your creative week. Well, I have done some things as well. Um, But what I really want to talk about tonight was just something that how story can affect us and, and from different generations too. Because when I was growing up, Um, I guess it was, I think I was very either late in high school or early in college. No, I was in high school. Uh, Harry Potter came out because uh, I remember like 1998, I think was the publication date for that. Did you guys know that Harry Potter was born in like 1980 in the book? Isn't that interesting? Like he's older than me. (laughs) (laughs) The character Harry Potter is older than me. But anyway, uh, I digress. So um, so my sister read it. My mom read it. My brother read it. Um, I, I was involved and, and all of that. And so now here I come having an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and everything. And their, their cousin, my nephew, is all about, like, he's 11. He's all about some Harry Potter. He discovered it. He's like, this is my jam. So they went to stay the night with him. And Carter introduced my boys to Harry Potter. And that's all they can, like, deal with now. They're just like, Harry Potter is amazing. So here's a whole other generation that's coming up um, with Harry Potter. And so we have made wands out of chopsticks. We have made, um, we've made one broom. Uh, it's the Nimbus 3012, I think is what they named it. <laughs> we, we did a sorting hat quiz, and he is Gryffindor, and which is what he wanted. So he was thrilled because he was like, oh, I'm Gryffindor. I was like, wait a minute. The sorting hat has not spoken. So, <laughs> so it's been a very Pottermore situation in my house for the last few weeks, maybe month or two. I can't even remember anymore. What day is it? And... Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of fun with the boys and getting to see their eyes just light up with excitement is one of my favorite sights in all the world. So that's so great. I love that you got to share that with them and just have all those fun moments and memories. Isn't that (laughs) precious? Oh, goodness. All right. So I think it's time we can jump into our topic 
of Realistic Creatives, and like May said, we're going to be focusing in this time on who they are. So um, creatives by nature are dreamers, right? I think we could all probably agree with that to some extent. Um, yeah, I know I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So we envision what could be, and we just eagerly skip after it. And that works marvelously for our roles as creatives because it makes us create the unseen or depict the impossible and then present that to our audience regardless of what our medium is. Being dreamers also allows us to envision where we'd like to be with our work. So that helps us picture ourselves on top of the New York Times bestseller list, for example, <laughs> or our books on bookshelves across the world, or you know, fill in the blank with whatever you picture yourself as. So the part of a creative's life where being a dreamer can be a little bit of a hindrance <laughs> is in the day-to-day -day practical business of things. So that is where it is most vital for us to be realistic creatives. Yes, we still dream. <laughs> yes, we still see our name in lights, but we realistically take the steps every day to achieve those dreams. We remain grounded by reality, even as we continue reaching for our stars. Yeah, and while we have spoken about some of these aspects in, in the episode from season two, we called it uh, Creative Entrepreneurship, and we called, uh, the subtitle was like Little Steps Every Day. I think that was from a mug that you had. Yeah, it was a yeah. cup. Yeah. It was a cup. Does it, do you still have it? No, it got broken. I was really, really upset. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. it just means we have to find another one. <laughs> hmm. Yes, I'm going to store that away in my Joy's Gift Items section <laughs> of my brain. <laughs> so we use that mug as a little bit of inspiration for the uh, the Season 2 episode of Creative Entrepreneurship. But we, um, we decided this time to focus on... Uh, well, actually, we're going to do three episodes. So this will be a series for realistic creatives and what they look like and what they don't look like. So we'll examine how we can alter our mindset to be a realistic creative without wrecking like our dreamer status. <laughs> and that's important. <laughs> so I think so, too. Yeah, for sure. So there's a little phrase that I know you've all heard. Um, it's one that I often repeat for myself, and I know I've said it on here before, so it takes a lot of decades to become an overnight success, right? That's the reminder that drives me to just keep writing, just keep writing, okay? <laughs> Think Dory from Finding Nemo, right? Kind of paraphrasing her there. Um, so I just kind of keep going while still picturing myself referred to as an overnight success one day. Uh, I wrote this week in my newsletter about balance. Okay, so the, the author newsletter that I send out to my subscribers, I talked a lot about balance. And as I was thinking about that, it really seemed to fit well with our topic for this episode. Uh, because much of our lives require care and attention to maintain balance. Our creative lives are no different, right? You know, picture the dream. Visualize it in a way where we can affirm it as our future, but set steps for ourselves, ourselves to daily move forward toward that dream in everything that we do, in every post we make, in every bookstore or influencer that we contact, um, in every word we write, rewrite, revise, edit, 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 edit and proof. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, I read your, I read your newsletter today, I think. And, uh, and I was looking at that and I was like, you know, balance is almost a bit of a myth for the creative and maybe for everyone. Like we always strive for this balance and I'm wondering if it even exists and I'm starting to reframe my metaphor, um, instead of like a balance on a balance being where everybody, you know, every step is perfect, but kind of framing it as a pendulum swing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like you have this happy place right in the middle, but whenever there's inertia and you know, you've got the the pendulum swinging on one side, it's like this has to be taken care of, and then you get to focus on your writing, and then this has to be taken care <laughs> of, and then you get to focus on your writing. You know, so um, that's kind of the way I've been feeling. Like balance, <laughs> that balance <laughs> metaphor might be um, changing in my own life. So that's kind of interesting <laughs> that you brought up balance in your newsletter today, and it's something that I um, also have been thinking about. But what does a realistic creative look like? And, you know, <laughs> talking about the balance and how, you know, is this like the the thing or is yours a balance beam or and, you know, what, whatever it is. So what does that look like? Well, first, Joy and I wanted to say that a realistic creative looks like persistence and particularly um, persistence in their craft right now. So all humans, lifelong learners, Joy and I have expressed that in in past episodes. We love learning. We think that learning kind of keeps our brains pliable and keeps us young in ways too. And so, uh, so we think that everybody should be a lifelong learner. And perhaps you decide at age 40 to learn how to invest wisely in the stock market or at age 60, you decided to take a few college classes because you never got to do that when you were younger. Or maybe you just want to like learn how to boil an egg or something. (laughs) Either way, (laughs) um, anything that you have always wanted to do that you've not done before, when you learn something new, uh, when you when you dive into something that is not something that you've done before, um, it's, it's really important to keep our, our, our learning habits intact. So, and this is especially true for our jobs and, and our creative endeavors that we have. No author knows it all when it comes to the craft of writing. So it's always best to like read ferociously and study the mechanics of writing and analyze their writing and others' writings and always seek to improve. And that's how we get better in our craft and in our medium, whether it's writing or anything else. So dreams, dreams can't become reality if a person stands still instead of stretching themselves toward their goals. So we reach up and we stretch and we learn and we do. I love that. I love the way you said that. Yeah. And along that same thought, so keeping with the persistent thing, realistic creatives are persistent in pursuing their business goals as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Business 101 stresses goals, right? Goals are a huge thing. Uh, You can't move forward if you don't know what you're moving toward. You know, it's pretty simple. Setting growth steps for a business is vital for intention or purpose in that business and also for having a scale by which to measure your progress. I think because we're talking to creatives here, I need to backtrack for a minute and remind you that you are indeed a business person. Okay, sometimes we don't necessarily like to consider ourselves 
with that title, <laughs> there's parts of us that kind of don't want to acknowledge the business side. Um, we're all about that creativity, <laughs> which is good since we're creatives, but that's only one side of a whole coin. So back to those business goals I mentioned. They require us first to identify attainable and appropriate ones for our purpose, which we've talked about many times. Second, set them with clear expectations on time, etc. Um, third, work toward them. And then fourth, adjust them as needed. Okay, so that all links into this whole persistence in pursuing your business goals. So whatever your creative medium, whatever level of actual business side you are in with your creative stuff, you know, we May and I were talking about this before we hit record about how we know our audience is kind of all over the place with this. So you may not really be in a in a place where you're considering this a business yet. Maybe it's something that's a future goal or something. Um, or you may be full blown creative business entrepreneur, whatever, um, mm. or somewhere in between. So we know that you guys are in all different areas of this. But whatever the case, whatever your case is. Um, Realistic creatives are persistent, both with their creative lives and their business goals. Something I'm really proud about, in especially in the writing world, but we have, like, there's this stereotype of a creative where they're, like, hungry or starving in a dark corner in a ratty apartment who's trying to make something and, like... Um, you know, we don't really, and part of that stereotype is the fact that they don't know how to run a business. They don't know how much money they have. They don't know how much, they don't know how to maintain a life outside of this, this um, suffering artist montage that's happening, you know, in, in people's mind whenever you say that you're a creative or you're an artist. And um, what I love about the writing community, particularly, and I think that this is happening in other creative meeting, uh, mediums as well, is that there are so many people who are modeling really good entrepreneurship habits and techniques and, and so on and so forth, that there's enough creatives out there in the world who are not suffering, who are thriving, who are not hungry, who are full, you know, that, that our stereotype as creatives is starting to shift and change. And so the people who look on to these uh, career paths that we choose for ourselves are actually kind of seeing them as a viable situation instead of some uh, wispy dream that some segment of society just can't function. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> So part of that is realizing and, and taking that uh, that story that you're telling yourself that you're not a good business person, that you don't have a mind for numbers, that you don't know how to keep an Excel sheet. What is an Excel sheet? Like, <laughs> like you're telling yourself that you're not a good business person when really you could be flipping that and say, you know what? I, I will learn how to be a good business person. And you change that, that, that statement, um, that you're telling yourself into something that is obtainable and it turns into a goal and eventually it turns into an affirmation, you know, like I am good at business. I can, can you know, I can, um, put steps into place to make me a good business person. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we've seen how persistence is vital to a realistic creative. And so we're going to look at another vital trait, and that is actually being realistic. You know, it's in the title. So you have to know that was coming. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So first, a realistic creative has to be realistic about the time that they can devote to their dream. And very few creatives get to focus all of their time and efforts into only solely the creative passion that you have. Um, A lot of us have day jobs. A lot of us have night jobs. Um, A lot of us have responsibility to loved ones and family members that take majority of our time, and that's okay. Um, So the creative passions of of our hearts must fit into the nooks and crannies of our life. And that is hard to grasp sometimes, especially when our petulant child inside of us is like, I want to color. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the sooner a creative can admit that reality and embrace the limits of their time, the less frustrated that they will be uh, with the amount of time that that they have to achieve the creative thing. And also the less bitter you're going to be about it as well, that you only get this amount of time. And that mindset can also start changing too, because it's like, I get to have this amount of time to do something that I'm passionate about. So In the same vein about being realistic about the amount of time in a lot of creative mediums and especially creative businesses, too, um, you talk about like diversifying your income in those areas. And um, and here I just kind of want to just throw it out there that if you have a day job and you're in you're working on your craft and if your day job is it's outside of your craft, that's not a shameful thing. Um, That can be, if you look at it in a way, that's like a type of diversifying your income. You are, you know, you're getting money from another area and you are combining that with the money that you're making from your craft. And so that is all a a portion of of supporting your life. And and so if you are that person who has has a passion and in a creative area and also has a day job or a night job or a part-time job or <laughs> or has you know you have to do something that's outside of your creative medium and your creative passion it's and it's making you money and um and you're feeling a little bit negative toward that job <laughs> <laughs> You can look at that job as a, a way that you have diversified your income to support your life and your craft. And I think that that is good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's one way to be realistic, realistic about our, um, our time and all of that. And then another way that a realistic creative should be realistic is about our production schedule. Okay, so this really flows very closely along with the whole time thing, Um, but we just thought that it needed a little extra saying. So this is one of those things for writers, you know, speaking directly about the medium that we are part of most of the time, of our time. Um, For writers, it takes some experience to figure this kind of thing out. Okay, so if you are a new writer, if you're kind of starting out, please understand that it's going to take you a while to figure out what a production schedule is going to look like for you. And it most likely will change over your lifetime. Okay, so just 
throwing that out there. So I'm four years into the active production and publication of books, and I can confidently say that I am far more realistic now than I was in 2017 when it comes to how quickly I can publish books. Um, I know how long it takes me to draft, revise, and edit a full-length book, but I also know that length of time requires no other large projects demanding my time, right? Which is rarely a reality in my life. Um, my production schedule this year for completing Carolina's Legacy Collection has actually gone, knock on wood, remarkably well, but it has been a tight one, okay? So I spent my entire summer focused on revisions and edits across both of the books, and that's not a realistic schedule for the fall as I'm starting back to school, and this year in particular, I'm teaching my two kids. I've got a freshman and a seventh grader. You know, it's getting real, folks. <laughs> so this is a whole new thing. We've got high school level courses, some of which are honors level. Um, they require a lot more study and preparation from me than a lot of their classes when they were in the younger um, grades and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm entering this next season with an altered realistic approach to my production schedule and also to that amount of time that my dream gets to have. So, you know, like I said, these things, they get altered as time goes on, as different things happen in your life, as your life situation changes. Um, so just know that this is something that does take a while to figure out from the get-go and that it isn't always um, a constant. So. Yeah, and I think that whenever we we look at the word practice we and we think about it where it's okay for us to practice in our craft but it doesn't feel like it's okay to practice in our business and i think that's what you've done like you've kind of done a trial and error situation you've evaluated what you've done where you needed to improve how your mindset needed to change how your your work um timeline needed to change things like that that just happened um I really think that we think we have to be perfect in business and maybe that's why it's so fear like we're a little fearful about it and we're overwhelmed and we're like numbers ah you know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe if we just kind of embrace the idea that we are practicing at this and we're gonna get better and we're gonna strengthen our muscles and and our and our mindset and all of that stuff to be the best business people that we can be and yeah yeah, yeah. but. I will say that we have two words in our title. We, we've covered realistic, so now we're going to talk about creative. So a realistic creative must be creative in business as well as art. And it's easy to think that creative people cannot handle the business side, and we've kind of talked about that already. And But I will say, like, we throw up our hands and we're like, I don't do business. I'm, I'm a creative. I just make things. <laughs> Just make all the things. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm very dramatic in my in my creative endeavors. I'm like, oh. <laughs> very Scarlett O'Hare over here. Um, but if we really think it through, and if we open our minds to the business side, and we embrace the practice of it, uh, we think that we might just be some of the best business people that there could possibly be because we're able to see things from different angles and take a unique approach to things and and you know, our creativity makes our business unique and it makes our marketing unique and it makes the things that we try to do um, just like this little extra oomph because we, uh, because we're using our creativity and combining it with our business knowledge and sense. 
So everything from our branding to our marketing, to the places that we look for opportunities to sell or to um, distribute our, our, our work, that all kind of has to be handled creatively. And, uh, and our creative businesses really fit into like this neat and tiny line uh, that the, you know, that the corporate world kind of lives in. Like they have their, they have their box and they like it there. And, and because we're small and because we have a, a unique niche thing, we've got to think, um, we got to think of how we can market that in a niche way, but also stand out. So, uh, out of the gate, like we've got to be more creative in how to grow and market our businesses. Yes, definitely. And that, and honestly, everything that we've talked about so far demands that realistic creatives must be patient. (laughs) Oh yes. It's the P word. Okay. So I have to tell y'all in Christian circles, we kind of joke about the dangers of praying for patience because if you pray for patience, God just might send you a whole passel of trials to help you figure out how to be patient in your life. And I can say that I'm one of the least patient people on the planet. (laughs) So I'm not a hundred percent sure it's God who's sending those. (laughs) (laughs) It feels very different is all I gotta say. (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah. I could be coming from the other direction. (laughs) Oh goodness. All right. So Like I said, I am one of the least patient people on the planet. So when I share this tip, know that I'm actually speaking to myself here first and foremost. (laughs) So knowing that an overnight success has worked on producing their art and honing their craft for decades shows that patience is required. Okay, Being persistent and realistic and finding creative alternatives to running a business um, that doesn't really fit into most business school models all scream patience, right? When the road has been long and you've reached yet another sharp curve that you just can't see around, take a breath, look to your past and all that you've achieved so far and how far you've grown and think about your work. Do you believe in it? Do you know it's good and worthy? If you've done all that you can to improve yourself and learn and grow as an artist and you've sought guidance and advice from others who've been there for you um, or before you, then the answer is a resounding yes to these questions, right? Um, So once you answer those questions, you can take that next bend with more confidence and remember that patience is a virtue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I accidentally added another P with the practice. Did you notice that? I did not. Yeah, so stuck with the alliteration there. Oh, look at you. That <laughs> yeah, was an accident, but I know Joy likes alliteration, so I thought I I'd point do. that out. Um, good word, good word about patience. But finally, um, something that really is a must to help all of these traits and to keep realistic creatives on track, really, is to approach both the creativity and the business with good organization and prioritization. So you spoke about how, like, you were convicted about patience. This is my area where I need a lot of work, and so I'm constantly trying to work on organization and prioritization. Uh, We 
Cordy's, which is Joanna, are, we're all about like lists and organization, but we realize that we, that might not be your cup of tea and that's okay. However, when it comes to being a creative who seeks to embrace their passion and make them into something profitable, um, organization and prioritization have to take a really important spot in your life, even if it's part of your learning <laughs> as you learn as an adult. So organizing your files and your contacts and your industry uh, or your business documentation will allow you to move forward with fewer challenges and will help you like know where you're going, how you're going to get there and how long it's going to take. So prioritizing your daily tasks as well as your annual goals will allow you to move seamlessly between the broader forest picture down to the more immediate tree picture um, so that you can stay on task every day in order to obtain those big dreams that we mentioned earlier. So I told you that this is a place where I'm feeling conviction because I always feel like I am so, um, I'm, that I'm lacking and I always feel that I'm lacking in prioritization and organization. And I realize that I do have a tendency to, um, to kind of beat myself up about these things too, even if I try really hard and there are days of success as well, by the way. Um, but I focus a lot on the negative. So that's a mindset thing that I'm, that I have to work on. But uh, we talked earlier um, about in our productivity and efficiency episode at the very beginning of the season, we talked about how I can get overwhelmed with all the to-dos. And just there's ends up being a bajillion things on my to-do list because when my mind starts thinking about like trying to make a to-do list for the day, it starts thinking about all the to-dos that ever needed to be done ever in life. And so... <laughs> Do you do that? Like, does that happen to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I end up with like a four page list and single space college ruled. And, and I'm just like, I don't, I just want to go back to bed because this is sad. <laughs> but uh, in that, in that episode, we talked about like, um, one of the prioritization, um, skills for really good efficiency and really good productivity is to pick out like your top three things that you need to do that day and write those three things down instead of all 18,000 things that you've ever thought that you might want to ever do. And so like you think this is the day, this is today. And these are the top, these are the three things that I'd like to get done today. If I get these three things done, then that's excellent. If I get anything else done, then that's great too. But that's icing on the cake and we get to really feel good about ourselves then. But we also need to look at prioritization in that, not just in the, the top three things, because we have so many different areas in our lives. And so maybe it's the top three things in your day job and then the, the top three things that you want to do with your family. And then maybe there's a couple of things that you want to do with your passion, too. So, you know, uh, there's some other places that say that you should limit it to like seven things in a day. Like you should have seven or eight things and let that let that be it. Um, but you know, just two or three things in each of the facets of your, of your life. And so I think that if we, uh, that that's really helped me, uh, especially um, in my day job, because there's so much stuff that just gets thrown at me. And I feel like I just have to take care of all of these things like immediately, but then the priority things, the things that were on the to-do list before all of the emergency crowded on top and like dog piled on top of my to-do list. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
And so before all of those things happened, like I, when I get through with that emergency, I'm, I'm living in all of these adrenaline moments and this anxiety of not being able to know, you know, did I do that right? Or this, this, you know, I had to do all the research for this emergency and now it's taken care of. And now I'm just sitting here with like all of this adrenaline, like what was I doing before? What do I need to do? And uh, so if I have that, those top three things on a post-it note beside my computer, if I write those out during, uh, first thing in the morning when I get there, I can be like, oh. Oh yeah, here we go. I need to finish this. And it's all right there. So that's been really helpful for me. So if that's something that you need to do in order to help you with your productivity and your efficiency in the organization and prioritization realm of life, there's a tip for you. That's a great tip. I especially love that little post-it just right there so that you can look when you do get distracted because you know it's going to happen. It's right there to remind you. That's a good tip. (laughs) Yeah. So we hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode about realistic creatives, who they are, and tune in next time. So part two is going to be who they aren't. Okay, so (laughs) hope you guys will enjoy that one too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in the meantime, you can drop us a line and let us know what you've learned about this topic, either on your own or through our words, how you'll maybe use some of those lessons, and that will maybe make you a better realistic creative. Um, You can send us your questions on the topic too. So we'll do our best to answer those questions. If you want to email us at qwertywritinglife at gmail.com. And maybe we'll even be able to turn that into an episode or maybe address those on the air. If anything, we will definitely respond to your email and you get the answers from us. And uh, because we want to help if we can. So I think it's time for a QWERTY challenge, Joy. What do you think? I agree. Let's do it. So this week, we want to challenge you to evaluate yourself. You know, we love to do that. And this time, we want you to determine if you are a realistic creative. Okay, so simply go through everything that we talked about today and ask yourself, are you persistent in your craft, persistent in pursuing your business goals, realistic about the time you can devote to your dream, realistic about your production schedule, creative in business as well as in art, patient, and organized and prioritized, all right? So now that you've kind of asked yourself those questions, uh, where do you struggle with this list? Okay, because we all have a place that it's just kind of a struggle spot. We mentioned ours, mine is patience, maze is the organization, prioritization thing, okay? So where do you struggle most? Jot down some ways that you can improve in that area. Um, if you're not sure how to improve, well, you could drop us a line and ask for some tips. We might be able to help you or talk to the people that are around you who know you. Um, you know, sometimes you get the best things from the people who know you best. Mm -hmm. And most likely you're going to ask somebody and they're not going to tell you the things that you're not good at because rude, right? So... (laughs) But you can ask them what you uh, what they think your best qualities are. And, you know, we love talking about the best qualities of the people that we love. So um, that might be the way that you can at least find out where you're, um, where you're really doing things well 
And if they don't touch some of these other places, then you're like, okay, process of elimination, got some context clues going on there. (laughs) Maybe, and you can evaluate then um, what you think your weaknesses and your strengths are. For sure. And when you do um, figure out what those those areas are that you do struggle in, perhaps you know someone who is really good at that thing. And you can go to them and be like, hey, you're really good at this and I've noticed that and I'd like to improve mm-hmm. in this area. Do you have any tips for me? That's yes. another thing that you could do just to figure out ways to improve yourself wherever you feel you need it. Yes. I love that. I love being able to share things with other people and have them share it with me. So, yes. Well, I hope you guys have a great week. Yes, it's been fun. So you should go now and make something. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.